Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into another episode of Horsepower Happenings on a cold and snowy and BS type of April Monday. Yeah, I'm getting frustrated with the weather. Can you tell? Uh, well, let's get that aside. Let's get into what's happening tonight in a Motor City Minute. Kyle Busch backs into one at Talladega. He'll tell you he lucked into it. Puts the RCR number eight machine back in victory lane. Um, wow. Did you all see Kyle Larson's car after that big impact with Ryan Priest uh, in the almost final stages of that race? We'll talk about that more with Rich Vance coming up. Jesse, Loves wins, uh, Jesse Love wins the Arco side of things at Talladega. Brandon Overton, $50,000 richer after his triumph at the Talladega Short Track. It's his 20th career World of Outlaws win. And speaking of the Talladega Short Track, thank goodness some people in my social media land were paying attention because Zane DeVault sneakily has been racing a race car this spring, but nobody knows who for, nobody knows any of the details, and he sure as heck won't tell us yet. But he posted two top five finishes in Alabama over the weekend. The first on Friday came from 20th to finish fifth, Rich France, and then finished on uh, the podium on Saturday night with a third place finish. So the Plymouth, Indiana driver is rolling. He politely declined uh, our request to bring him on the show tonight to talk about what he's got going on. So apparently the ink is not on the paper yet, but Rich, that kid is on a roll right now in the spring, and you said, well, maybe he just doesn't want to jinx it as we welcome in Rich France from across the way. Good evening, sir. Yeah, I, I think I would, if I had something like that, I wouldn't want to tell you either because uh, when you have performances like that, Zach, that gets you another ride, I'm right. telling you. Yeah, so hopefully he said, he said, and I quote, hopefully I can talk to you guys very soon about what I got going on. So I don't know if he's in some sort of trial period right now where uh, – you know, he's got to kind of prove his, his weight before he can talk about what he's got going on. But it, nothing on social, nothing anywhere. Uh, so uh, where and when Zane DeVault will be racing is a mystery until it happens. So that confirms to me he doesn't want to jinx himself. Absolutely. Uh, I That's guess so. Yeah. And he's, do, and he's doing what he should do. That's right. Shut up. Drive the darn race car. <laughs> That's what he should do. <laughs> well, speaking of driving darn race cars, man, what a terrible, terrible, terrible weekend to try to get race cars on track around our area, huh? Um, unless you were practicing at Flat Rock, you were in trouble. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. We, have, I mean, even, it even cut that short. I was there for a couple hours before the rains came. Um, you know, one outlaw late model saw its demise. 
coming down the front stretch, yeah, backing into bad. turn one. And, you hate to see that, too. Uh, yeah, and yeah, because that lap that he wrecked on didn't pay a dollar, you know? It, it really didn't. But uh, it was nice to – I stood out there. What I enjoyed probably most, Zach, is I stood there uh, right outside turn one, right by the tire trailer, and it reminded me why I don't race anywhere, watching thousands and thousands of dollars just walk <laughs> out of that trailer. Man, I felt so good about doing what I do these days. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, hey, speaking of Flat Rock, big news today, right? Yeah, did you see that? I I, I kind of texted our little you group. You shared it to the I, group, yeah. Yeah, one of Zach's two favorite drivers of uh, all time. I like this kid, man. Yeah, yeah. Announced he is the first entry into the Dutch Boy 150 at Flat Rock Speedway uh, coming up about a month from now. William Sawalich is going to make his way to Michigan. Zach, you got to be thrilled. How yeah. are you going to miss that one? I don't know. I think I have to miss it, too. I think there's a GLSS race or something going on. But, you know, you got to remember this kid uh, sees Winston, or excuse me, Winchester Speedway for the first time last the last year on Labor Day weekend, goes to Victory Lane, sees Toledo Speedway for the first time with the uh, with the Glass City 200, goes to Victory Lane. Uh, William Swallet, I mean, he's got a couple of truck dates this year. This dude is on the fast track right now. This young man... Uh, with the with the backing of Starkey, you know, we saw him at Nashville Fairground Speedway a couple of years ago. We didn't really know who he was, but he was dominating in the Legends division. And now all of a sudden, William Sawalich is is pretty much a household name. Rich, yeah, he's starting to be. He didn't have a good night at he didn't have a good night at Hickory on Saturday in, in the Cars Tour Pro Late Model Race. I think he brought it home tenth, and that's not like him. And we know that right. these days. But so he he had a bad night. I just think they just couldn't find the handle on that machine. But yeah, he's bringing it up to Flat Rock, which cannot be confused with any of those tracks that he's performed (laughs) well before. Yeah, Uh, this he is not going to be going fast, and he is going to have to have a good handling race car for 150 laps at Flat Rock. Yeah, well, of course, he obviously uh, already dominated the uh, ARCA East Series race down at Five Flags Speedway earlier this year, so the East is kind of his territory right now, uh, but excited to see. When is that race, Rich? Uh, what, what is the date for that one when, it, when that one comes up? Put you on the spot here. Yeah, I think it's uh, March 24th that weekend, I think. Well, it can't it be March because that's behind us. So I'm, maybe, I'm sorry, May. May maybe in, in May. May. Yeah, maybe in May. So there you go. Put your calendars, uh, put it in there. You are close. It is uh, May 20th. May 20th, May 20th. is uh, when yeah. that race Or you can go to flatrockspeedway.com and you can buy your tickets for that event as That's well. They're right. on. They're, you can buy them online. They are for sale. While you're online, Rich, th- we never talk about this because it's never been an issue, but it's been a weird weekend for social media. If, if you're a dirt track fan in Michigan, few issues have been popping up with the track social media accounts. First and foremost, Silver Bullet Speedway's Facebook page has been taken hostage and has been for several weeks. Owner-promoter Matt Hunout told us last week that he was in the process of trying to recover his old page. That must not have gone well because over the weekend, a new Silver Bullet Facebook page was launched. You can look for it by uh, searching or uh, when you search Silver Bullet Speedway, look for the 70th anniversary season flyer as the profile picture. That'll be the new page that you want, not the one with the Silver Bullet logo. That one is dead and gone uh, to the hackers that uh, you know think that they're going to get some ransom money out of these people. Not going to happen. So Silver Bullet's got a new page. Not sure what happened with Thunderbird Raceway. They also made a social media change. If you search for the raceway and see that you haven't followed or liked the page but thought you had, It's most likely because officials deleted the old page and have created a new one. So look for the aerial shot of the raceway as the new profile picture, Rich. Uh, 
not changing ownership anymore, but now we've got racetracks changing social media pages. But it is important. You know, Matt talked to us at Bertrand. He said, dude, I don't know what to do. That's the only way I get my information out is on my social media page. And uh, somehow or another, somebody got a hold of it, and I can't get it back. And we don't know what happened with Thunderbird Raceway, but uh, nonetheless, they've got a new page too. So uh, very important if, if you support those two racetracks at all or plan to at all, make sure that you've got the appropriate page followed on your social media. Yeah, and the in this day and time, Zach, with all the with everything being on social media, you have to have that communication with your fans and your race teams as well. Yeah, um, it's huge. So at least they got that straightened out. Now they can, you know, start getting the word out. Go ahead if you're if you're a fan of that, go to their page, like it, so you can get in their feed. Uh, you know, everything they post. Once you go back and like and follow it. You'll be getting everything in the news feed that they post. So that's right. Make sure you do that. And and while you're on there, make sure you've liked and followed Horsepower Happenings, just for good measure, just to make sure. Why not? Hey, uh, we you know no racing over the weekend, but GLSS, uh, the Great Lake Super Sprints. Barry said, you know what? Gosh darn it! I own all this food that I bought for I-96 Speedway. Anyhow, how about we have a little officials meeting? And Rich, I was already headed that way, so I uh, I stopped by Portland Road on Friday evening and and met with uh, the guys from the Great Lake Super Sprints. And got a chance to meet Larry, the new owner of I-96 Speedway, also known as the farmer across the road. Um, And uh, it was a great opportunity to get a chance to hear from him. Uh, Of course, Eric Myers was there, who was on the program last week. He spoke in front of about 30 people who were there, a mix between officials with I-96 Speedway, who are going to help run that place this year, and Great Lakes Super Sprints touring officials also in attendance. Um... The one thing I can take away from this, Rich, that I think is most important for everybody to realize who listens to our program is support I-96 Speedway. That was the one consistent message from Larry and Eric is they're willing to do what it takes to make this racetrack what it should be, but it needs to have the community support. Uh, And that was the constant underlying message is that fans and drivers have to support this racetrack for it to be successful. And I think that Some people may say, well, isn't that common sense? Isn't that what every racetrack needs? There are some promoters that will uh, take bigger losses than others, Rich. And Larry, the the farmer across the road, made it very clear the community of Ionia, Lake Odessa, and the community of racing needs to support I-96 Speedway. So take that for what it is. Uh, I, I think his message is pretty clear. Yeah, farmers, if you pay any attention to the news, farmers can have a good year or a bad year throughout this country and um if he's still the farmer across the road then um and and he's still plowing fields for a living um he's probably not set for life yet so right that that mean you know you're gonna they're gonna be pretty fortunate um with their shows i believe eight more remaining if they or, or nine if they reschedule this one um but so they're gonna have premier shows coming in there uh they don't have to deal about the weekly show issue but they're going to have premier events and uh, they really need to draw in the crowd for each and every one of those events because they are limited. That's right. Yep. So there you go. Um, if there's an I-96 Speedway race on the schedule, listen, I love my Friday night tracks. You know, Hartford, I love you. Mount Pleasant, I love you. Uh, you know, any any of the Friday night track, Tri-City, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Love those Friday night tracks. But as you mentioned, Rich, eight races now at I-96 Speedway. If you don't have plans, uh, go to I-96 and show the farmer across the road that uh, we want this racetrack to stay, and we're glad that he made the decision to keep it. Um, learned, learned while I was there, Rich, that 
a prospective new asphalt plant was on the property two days before Larry closed. So it was that close. I-96 was that close to no longer being in existence. So if that doesn't if that doesn't make you think about and, the future. And they weren't there and they weren't there to pave the darn place, okay? Yeah, that's that's, that's right. Not, that's not what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Montpelier Motor Speedway uh, was just about the only dirt track in our region Zach to get uh, to get a race in. Uh Dylan Nussbaum made it 3 in a row on Saturday after picking up the win, his second consecutive at Montpelier. Uh, with a win at Kanky Key, sandwiched in between, and Zach, uh, just a coincidence. On the phones line now, on the phone lines now, we do have the gentleman from Warsaw, Indiana, Dylan Newsbaum. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Man, uh, three in a row right out of the gate when when really the season isn't even started yet. Um, you know, at, at most of our region, that's got to make you feel pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we finished the year off really strong last year um, with this this new elite chassis, and um, we were really really hoping to, that the momentum would roll into this season. Um, so far, it's it's prevailed, and uh, just kind of hoping we can keep it going. Well, when you're showing up at these places, I know we've we've been to a, a, a couple pl- events, and are the car counts still kind of low, or are they were. It seems to me that everybody just waits later and later to get their cars ready. Yeah, um, you know the car counts uh, have definitely been low. I know Kankakee not as much. Um, they had they had a pretty good field of cars. I I think we had right at nineteen on Friday and um, well over twenty the week prior. Uh, Montpelier has been a little short. Um, I think this week mostly the weather had a lot to play into that. And um, but like you said, guys are um, you know, kind of wait until later in the year, it seems like, to start getting their cars ready. And uh, I know I know, engine parts and, and just parts in general are, are kind of hard to get still at the moment. So um, I think it'll come around, though. Let's not handicap your performance on Saturday at all, though. You beat Dylan Woodling, who, of course, is no slouch. Todd Sherman, everybody knows uh, about him. Uh, Tony Anderson, uh, of course, some guys from up our way, Garrett Ronch, Chad May, Mannix Fergeron down there as well, uh, Austin Dreyer. Dustin Moore, right? Uh, you know, those are some guys, those are contenders uh, in the UMP Modifieds. And then, as you mentioned, Kankakee in its own right uh, is is just a absolute lights-out race racetrack and brings some lights-out competitors uh, anyhow. I want to talk about what you were saying there about how good last year ended. You kind of look back at your social media, and you get to October, and it's not very often that you come across a guy who says, we're sad that the season is coming to an end. Um, you guys were really on fire there, and, and it can sometimes be hard to continue that after the postseason and, and kind of the off season. How did you guys keep that flame going and, and keep the consistency into the early parts of this year that you had going last year? Yeah, I mean, it, it helped a lot that um, we put a brand-new car together um, middle to the end of last year. Um, so we didn't really have much to do this off season. Um, you know, Brian over at head racing engines always keeps our stuff fresh. And, um, that's for the most part, that's all we had to do was, uh, get a couple of our power plants freshened up over there and, um, just do some normal maintenance and some, uh, tinkering here and there on a couple of things we wanted to do. And, um, you know, I, I tell everybody that, uh, the car is way better than I am, uh, this elite chassis is, is unreal. Um, the technologies they have down in North Carolina to, 
to build these cars like they do. Um, Nick Hoffman and his whole crew, um, they just, they build an amazing piece and, um, it's been, you know, nothing short of consistent and fast and, um, just, it, it makes my job easy. Let's talk about you finally getting this season underway. You got started uh, back at the beginning of this month. You had this race car ready to go uh, in March, and uh, you, you finally get to get out there. Was was this thing really, I mean, lights out as soon as you guys unloaded? Or, I mean, was there any sort of um, rediscovery time needed? Or did it feel like you were still racing in September and October of 2022? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, um we just kind of picked up where we left off. We, we don't do a whole lot of tuning on this thing. Um, you know, night to night, we, we pretty much have our standard set up and, um, pretty much have fired right back off where we left it at the end of the year. And, um, it's just made, it's made the transition back into the racing season, um, really easy for, uh, myself and my crew guy, Andy, um, he works his butt off for me. Um, you know, it's just two of us and, this little one and a half car garage we work out of and uh, we're just, you know, doing our best to try and uh, make the most of it. Talk to me again about that. You brought it up about this new elite chassis, you know, everybody usually pays attention to all the different uh, late model chassis out there and, and you can get confused because there's so many of them now um, that are out there and running competitive, but uh, you know, not hard to pick a chassis manufacturer when the guy that's been running those things for the last five years hardly ever you lose a race. Yeah. I mean, uh, everyone uh, that, that knows any kind of dirt racing at the moment, I feel like knows the Nick Hoffman name. Um, Nick and I are, are pretty, I would consider us pretty good friends at this point. Um, he, he builds an excellent race car and, um, he, he doesn't build a ton of them. So he kind of, he, he's able to kind of pick and choose, you know, when he wants to sell them and who he wants to sell them to. And, um, you know, we were just lucky enough to get in good with him and, uh, you know, be able to get, get our hands on one of these. We had to start out a couple of years ago with a, with a used car that, um, you know, Nick had built obviously. And, um, we were able to, uh, kind of scrounge up the money to, to get a, get a brand new one. And, um, you know, Nick and his whole crew has been phenomenal, you know, helping us with, get this thing ready and get it up to speed and, um, just really excited for, for what the future brings for everything. Tell me what you look for. Um, so, you know, is it just, is it just the success that Hoffman has had behind the, the wheel of his cars that you go, yeah, we got to own one of those. Or is there something that you as a driver are looking for when you decide what chassis manufacturer you want to make the investment in? Because as anybody who's been in the sport knows, uh, investing in a chassis is, is I mean, it takes investment that whole word, it really is used to, to buy one of these things and have them built from the ground up. So what are you looking for? Just something that is proven or are there specific things that you want in, out of a race car? Well, kind of, kind of yes to both of them. Um, you know, obviously um, Nick has won a lot of races in these cars and, and you know, he's got a, a good handful of customers that's won a lot of races in these cars. Um, you know, they've just always been kind of the cream of the cream of the crop, I guess you could say. Um, and it, you know, just watching, um, how these guys drive these cars really seemed like it was going to fit my driving style really well. Um, coming from the, you know, when I first started racing, uh, modified, it was on pavement. So, um, you can really drive these cars more like a pavement car and keep them, uh, straight and, you know, not have to, 
uh, you know, really overdrive the things to, to get them to turn. And it just seemed like it was, it would be a good fit. Let's talk about Montpelier a little bit, just cause you had a little bit of success early this year. Um, what's going on down there. Zach and I had been down there with the ethanol tours, you know, several years ago and, and, and we hadn't been back down there since, but they've had a rough couple of years. Um, How's their 2023 and beyond look to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're definitely headed in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily consider it be a rough couple of years. Um, you know, Larry Bowes did uh, the best he could um, with, with what he had for, you know, two seasons over there. And, um, you know, some things just aren't meant to be. And I feel like things just weren't meant to be with Larry over there. And um, so with Chad King taking it over, he's, um, you know, doing what he sees fit with, with the racing surface and, um, trying to make improvements. Um, I know he, he announced that, um, he had ordered a new PA system and he was going to, you know, do what he felt, you know, needed to be done to the track to get the racing top notch and, uh, try and get Montpelier back where it was, um, you know, six, eight, ten years ago. And I, I think I think it's definitely headed in the right direction. And uh, I hate that the car count's been so low for his first couple nights, but I know weather's been against him, and it's still early in the year. And I don't doubt that as long as he sticks with it, that um, it'll be successful. And I think too, just to kind of qualify what Rich said, anytime there's turnover at a racetrack, uh, it's just concerning. And so um, you know, not that they, not that the Larry Boost era was a struggle by any means but just when you have that turnover you know the, the long time person who's running the track has to bow out then you get a new person in and then in the matter of a couple of years you get another new person in um that that can make some people uneasy uh fans or drivers you know who, who are going to have to deal with these changes and so um sure. it, it's good to see that this place is surviving the turnover of the last five years and in your best estimation it looks like things are going to be just fine if everybody can you know <laughs> give chad a chance to make this place his own yeah absolutely um they they're they're really putting in the the money where it needs to be spent and and they're listening to the the racers they they know that the track hasn't been the best over the last couple of years and um i think once we get rolling and uh you know more more drivers and more fans see that you know how good things are going and um, everything's looking positive and, um, you know, I really think that it'll be good for everybody. Talking with Dylan Newsbaum, the, uh, Warsaw, Indiana driver three in a row here early in 2021. And, uh, we talk about Montpelier and their changes and, and we bring this up to you, Dylan, because really the status of, of dirt car UMP modified racing is in a weird spot right now up here in Michigan. We're down to two tracks. Uh, that run the dirt car sanction for modifieds. Obviously, you're in UMP modified territory down in Indiana, and you can jump up to Illinois. And with that, I got to ask you: uh, Mars Racing Series getting set to kick off this weekend. They got rained out their first scheduled weekend. They're under new direction in 2023. Have you had a chance to talk with the new promoters? I know you haven't had a chance to race with them yet, but it, it looks like you're going to be headed there this weekend to uh, get your get your feet wet with the new Mars. Tell tell me about your uh, anticipation for that series. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that that'll be another one that, that really takes off good. And we've all kind of, you know, in the area, I've been looking for something. You know, we were kind of devastated when, um, you know, the American Modified Series had to, had to pull the plug. And we've kind of been looking for something, you know, to replace it, I guess you could say. Um, and, and with Matt Curl and, and Jonathan and the whole team taking that over, 
Uh, everybody that's ever been to Fairbury or heard of Fairbury Speedway, um, they know they know Matt means business. And um, I, I've had a, a lot of conversations with Matt. Um, we were able to, so I work at Elliott's Custom Trailers and Carts, and um, we were able to partner with Matt and the Mars crew uh, to get them a command center trailer uh, to get them up and down the road. And uh, really excited for what the future holds for, for them. And um, I think it'll be really good. And hopefully, you know, a lot of these, these track promoters and owners will, will see, um, you know, just what the Mars series is going to be about here in the next year or two. And, um, you know, invite them to some of these more convenient tracks for us. Um, obviously, most of their races are over in the Illinois area, southern Illinois, um, which gives us, you know, quite a bit of travel time. But um, like Matt and I have talked about, at least when we when we unload at one of those races, we, we know what we're going to get. We're going to get a smooth run show and um, everything's going to be business as usual. You talk about your... Um you know, you sound very supportive of Montpelier. What do you, what, what are your plans this year? Are you going to, I mean, is that basically you're going to be your home track or, or are you going to still just kind of pick and choose all season long and, and go where the money is? Yeah. I mean, I guess with our, with our recent success and um, the cost of, of this racing stuff and fuel and everything else, you kind of, um, you know, not, not a dig against any, any track or promoter or anything like that, but you, you have to go where, where the money is. Uh, we just can't afford to race for 600, 700 to win every week and, and stay afloat. Um, you know, when you could drive another hour, sometimes two, maybe three and, and make double, if not triple that money. So, um, you know, we just kind of really have to be smart, use our resources wisely as far as, uh, fuel money and, and try and hit you know multiple races while we're out on the road um, just to make the trips worth it and uh, I guess to to more answer your question we're probably just gonna um, travel where the money's at but you know when you don't have to go too far and you can still start finding yourself in victory lane that's not so bad either <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely we we um, we love to to win races and uh, I guess at the end of the day our ultimate goal is to be able to win races on the big stage as well as the local stuff um you know we we work really hard my my like I said my crew guy Andy and my wife and kids and um my my entire family and her entire family is you know 100 percent um you know supportive of everything we do and um you know we just have to try and make the best of everything we've got going right now I want to talk about last season. Um, the stats that are available on my race pass, I know, are not going to be uh, all inclusive of everything that you've done, but they're still pretty good. Twenty-nine events listed on my race pass for last year: seventeen top tens, twelve top fives, and five wins. Four of those coming in my backyard at Butler Motor Speedway. One of those at Circle City Raceway. Um, talk to me about that racetrack. We mentioned Michigan and UMP. I know that you uh, were really supportive last year. In fact, you put out a call on social media for uh, UMP Modified guys to give Butler another look after a former fellow competitor, Tim Wilbur, took that place over. You uh, you got to like the high banks as nice as it's been to you over the last couple seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Butler, Butler's always been good to me. It's, it's really where I got my feet wet in a dirt modified. Um, it, that goes back as far as uh, 2012, I believe it was. I was rookie of the year up there. Um, so I, I've got a lot of laps around Butler and, uh, Tim and his whole crew and his family are just, they're doing phenomenal things for that place. I, 
I'm really, really happy to see what they're doing. And, uh, you know, once again, they're, they're putting the money where it needs to be spent and, um, you know, giving back to the racers and just making it to where it's a nice, uh, you know, family event every night, you know, as much as they can. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago they were doing some bleacher upgrades and, um, they've been doing some track upgrades. In fact, I just talked to Tim today and, uh, he sent me some pictures of, of, um, you know, some things they're doing with the racetrack to try and try and improve it and, um, put on the best racing they can for the fans. Was it picture? Um, was it pictures oh, of uh, piles of new clay? Um, I, I, I can't 100% <laughs> say everything that was in the pictures. I guess everybody will just have to go and, uh, and, uh, see for themselves. Next but weekend, opening test in tune. Uh, if you want to see what's going on at Butler. Yeah, it's definitely going to be good for for the whole racing community and, and the fans up in that area to um, you know give them something to go do on on a Saturday night. And um, I love Tim and his whole family, and um, he's got a really nice pool at his house that he let me and my <laughs> family go lounge in his pool while he was at the racetrack working uh, one weekend, and um, just have a really good relationship with those guys up there. Talk about Dylan. If Zach's backyard was a little bigger. He wouldn't have to drive to Butler. I'm let telling me tell you, you, that's how I'm close he you. is. I can throw a rock and hit that place. Um, I, well, let me ask you. So the high banks of Butler can be uh, can be hammered down, and, and usually the fast way is right around the lip. You got to win at Kokomo, which is usually hammered down, kind of rough. You know, ripping the cushion. Um, both of those tracks can get slick through the middle, though, as well. Montpelier, same thing. They put some banking in that racetrack. You can kind of rip the lip; it'll get slick through the center. Uh, am I noticing a theme? Are you uh, are you a rip the lip kind of driver? You go from racing on asphalt to now uh, you don't mind banging the cushion in that seventeen N. Is am I putting that together right? I you know I I think you're actually one hundred percent opposite of what we, okay. what we really uh, what we go for. Uh, we're really a slick track uh, kind of momentum through the center and um, find the slickest part of the racetrack and race in it. You know especially with this new car. Um, these elite cars really like the slick and, um, anytime we can get on, you know, up in the, the smoothest part of the racetrack and the slickest part of the racetrack is normally what we're headed for now, you know, back in 2015 to probably 2019, I was the exact opposite. Um, we were, we, we wanted hammer down three foot cushion bounce off the wall kind of stuff. And I don't know if I'm getting older or if I'm getting lazier <laughs> or what, but um you know i kind of like the smooth and slick kind of stuff now so now we can take this a little bit further so i'm assuming because that's what you prefer now that's what you're going to start selecting venues that that's how the tracks respond in the evening and and that's what you're usually racing on at feature time absolutely um you know i i kind of joke with a lot of these uh track prep crews and promoters that um, when I roll in, I, I bring a pair of side cuts with me and I cut the fuel lines on the water truck. Um, <laughs> just, we, we, we want, we want to see the dust blowing and, um, and, and we kind of have to keep mindful of the, of the tracks that typically, you know, have a smooth surface and, um, just with the, with the cost of things these days and, um, what our program is kind of based around, we kind of just have to go, you know, to the racetracks that make sense for us to go to. You know, the race fan has, the, the, the general race fan has a negative connotation to a racetrack that goes from slick, goes slick from top to bottom. I think of up here in Michigan, Tri-City, uh, up, up in Auburn, that racetrack is notorious for going slick from top to bottom, but what it does do, 
is put on some great races. I've seen great late model races. I've seen great non-wing sprint car races on that racetrack that have gone slick from top to bottom. But the generic race fan, uh, I think, prefers a hammer-down racetrack where you can really rip the lip, get big runs on guys, um, and and just use all the horsepower that's under the hood. Uh, Dylan, give me – I know you, you said you don't know if it's because you're getting older or, or if, you know, whatever it is, but – Every race car driver I talk to, it seems they like a racetrack that's got a groove on the bottom, a groove on the top, and is slick through the center. What is it about a dirt track that's set up that way that's so enticing to a race car driver? Um, I think the biggest thing is you can just really make up for, if you miss the setup just you know a little bit, you can make up for it with track conditions. You know, If, if your car's a little too free, you can always go up there and, and rip the lip. And, um, or you know, if, if your car's um, just really, really dialed in. You can just kind of keep your momentum up through the center if it's, you know, slick and smooth through the center. And, um, you know, it, most race fans, um, I feel like haven't seen good local racing where, you know, it's slick because there, there's not a whole lot of, of drivers out there that, you know, and, and not to dig at anybody or, or put anybody down, but um, one of the toughest racetracks there is to race on is the smooth, slick racetrack. And, um, you know, I feel like a good quality field of cars would, would puts on the best racing on a smooth, slick racetrack, um, you know, when you you can battle three, four wide. And, and you know, one, I feel like you get a cushion around the top and, and it gets too top dominant. Everybody's just up there hammering it. And, um, you know, at that point, everybody's fast and it's just so hard to pass. Well, Dylan, uh, I think that, you know, I look at your stats last year, as we mentioned, Butler, Circle City, five wins total. You got three already in 2023. Um, is this shaping up? I mean, it's early. It's, we haven't even got out of April yet. Is this shaping up to be a, a banner year? I mean, your expectations now for what you guys can accomplish here in 23 have got to be pretty high. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think total last year we were – I think we won I won eight or nine races. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, I think total we ended up with like eight or nine wins. Um, and, and absolutely, we, we set our expectations um, every year, no matter what the circumstances is, how we start or, or however things are going to, um, you know, have a, have a, a good year as far as trying to always beat our record with, with wins for the past season or, um, you know, most wins in a season. Um, we kind of set our goal, you know, around the 15 mark, um, whether that's unrealistic or not, we, you know, you have to have a goal, I guess. And, um, we'll see what happens, you know, come October. You know, there are guys out there that, would be happy to race 15 times in a season, let alone those be wins. How many races do you guys usually try to get in in a year? Um, anywhere from, I'd say anywhere from 30 to 50. Uh, it kind of just varies on um, what kind of time frame we can, you know, we don't do this for a living. We all have uh, day jobs and we all have families and everything else we have to take care of. So uh, family comes first, um, you know, so we really have to, to just kind of monitor um, our, our, our tentative schedule when we kind of put that together and, and make sure that, um, you know, there's nothing that w- would, you know, keep us from going, you know, and, and doing X amount of races. We, we really, 
obviously would love to run 60, 80 races a year. Um, but you just kind of really have to be mindful of, of equipment and, um, you know, there's just no sense in going to racetracks with worn out motors and worn out race cars. So, uh, just kind of have to do what our budget allows. And I'd say, you know, this year, our, our tentative goal is, you know, between 40 and 50. And we'll just have to, you know, see where we end up come midsummer and, and see, kind of go back to the drawing board and, and see what's realistic for us. Dylan, for any fans that want to catch you, uh, you know, Zach had brought up the the new Mars series. Uh, what do you got on your schedule? You, you know, you say they're kind of temporary and they always are. But what do you got, uh, got on your schedule for the next few weeks? Yeah, we're um, – as far as a few-week schedule, it's kind of hard to say. We At this point, we're just – with the weather and everything, we're kind of one week at a time. Um, obviously, we've got the Mars stuff coming up uh, this weekend, and, and we plan to hit as many of those Mars races as we can um, that are somewhat local-ish to us. Um, you know, we, there's I think there's a couple of races down in, like, Kentucky and um, real western – southern illinois that just don't make sense for us to try and hit and um i know bloomington's got a a big a bigger race coming up i believe that's in may as well and i think that's the the it's like ten thousand to win race at bloomington and um you know we we try and keep updated on our facebook um where we're going to be that weekend or or you know in the in the coming weeks and that's really the best way just to kind of keep up with us all right, well, I tell you what, Dylan, um, we like to do this too, and, and Rich usually takes this bait, but I'll do it this this time around. Um, you guys are going to be on Flow Racing this weekend, but uh, let us know who it is that makes it possible for you to go to Victory Lane three times already in the 2023 season. I know you got some car, some uh, sponsors on the side of that car, and you've already mentioned uh, the guys back at the shop, so who is it that makes it possible for you to do what you do? Yeah, I, I, first off, I got to thank Brian Head at Head Racing Engines. He keeps a, a good power plant under the hood for us and, and keeps us going uh, week in and week out. Um, Elliot's Custom Trailers and Carts. Um, Brian over at uh, MAGA Lift, uh, Aluminum Pit Lifts, best pit lifts on the market, hands down. Um, Weston Skies Travel, um, if you're ever looking to, to go on a trip and realize that you you don't want to mess with it uh hit up uh, western skies travel agency and, and let her take care of you um terry flory um plymouth indiana dairy queen uh terry has gone above and beyond um for local racing for us and trying to put up some extra money you know at each race and bringing fireworks and just doing his part to, to try and keep keep racing going um rob enders at schaefer's racing oil um you know rob keeps us going up and down the road in our in our hauler and in our or the race car and um even my personal vehicles uh schaefer's schaefer's oil and and lubricants is definitely the hands down the best on the market um can't forget dylan woodling at wr customs um i've mentioned elite chassis a couple times uh those guys over there are phenomenal um all guy racing shocks and uh, shopangryduck.com. Um, that's where you can find all of our apparel. Uh, we've got T-shirts, hoodies, um, zip-ups, hats. Um, just go to shopangryduck.com and and look up my name, or you can find the link on, on most of our Facebook posts. And um, 
get your your team 17 in motorsports apparel and then uh quality lawn services takes care of my lawn for me and uh wouldn't have it any other way um i think uh wheeler well drilling can't forget about kim over at wheeler well drilling and the whole crew and black widow graphics and I believe I've riddled off all of them. <laughs> there you go. Well, Dylan, uh, man, congratulations. Three in a row. Blistering hot start to kick things off here in 2023. We wish you uh, good luck at uh, the Mars events this weekend. Hopefully Mother Nature is on everybody's side and we can get a full weekend of racing in, man. So good luck with you. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, one last shout out to my wife and, and my whole family and everybody that um, Andy and Craig and all of my crew that um, keeps me going up and down the road and uh, thank you guys for having me and uh, look forward to the coming weeks. That's a good thing when the guest remembers to thank the wife. That means that we can have him on again uh, at the end of the year when things go well. So Dylan Newsbaum, man, thank you so much. Uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you guys. Well, I want to say thanks to Dylan for being on the program, uh, either for the first or second time. We kind of were talking about that off the air. I think he had a, I think he was a uh, special interview after Kokomo, um, either last year or the year before, but never a featured guest on the program. So glad to get that out of the way for Dylan. Yeah, I, well, once he said that, I remembered because I did interview him at Kokomo, and it was the year Travis Stemmler won the Kokomo Clash. That's right. And he won on the same night. So... I was back in the pit area and I t- talked to both of those guys. So, yeah. um, it great, great that he remembered. That's right. Us because he's, we both thought, man, we, we've talked to him before. I did. I know I did. Yeah. And, and then, and it was a good thing he remembered. That's, That's right. Pretty cool. Hey, want to say thanks to be cool radiators by way of CNT services. They're the studio sponsor this season. Four horsepower happenings. Be Cool is the leader in power cooling systems. They offer cooling products for original equipment, factory fit, LS swaps, even custom fits. Rich, you send them the measurements. We need it this wide, this tall, this long. They're going to get you handled uh, with Be Cool. You can find uh, what you need, find accessories, radiator caps, all that stuff at BeCool.com, or you can call their Essexville, Michigan location anytime, 1-800-691-2667. Rich, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go off of script just a little bit here because it occurred to me that it's already the last week of April, so you know what that means. It's Home Pro Hammer Time, thanks to Home Pro Roofing with locations in Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. Rich, we got to nominate some drivers for the Home Pro Hammer of the Month here in the month of April, and uh, fans are going to get a chance to vote on that. It's been a tough month of April, though, to get any sort of racing in to nominate somebody for Home Pro Hammer of the Month in Michigan, Indiana, or Ohio. Michigan hasn't raced sprint cars yet, so the Michigan market's pretty much out. Indiana's been a struggle, but thank goodness we can look to Ohio. Do we, do we get a vote? Do we get at least one vote? Well, yeah, we, we get a chance to uh, talk about who the two drivers are going to be that are going to go head-to-head in a social media competition this week. Um, and i got to tell you, I think one of the guys that is probably going to get nominated we had on the show earlier this month, and that's Cap Henry. He's had an incredible month of April. Yeah, that's true. I I have one just because I I won't say because I saw the two that you had suggested you were going to use. Right. And and one of them comes from Attica as well. Um, I think Brent Marks needs to be thrown into that conversation with his performance, twentieth to the win at Attica on the second night for the All Star Circuit of Champions. That was 
pretty darn impressive That's right. for that gentleman. That's right. Yeah, and we did have a couple of people nominate uh, using the hashtag HomeProHammer on social media. Brad Lamberson was nominated on social media for his performance down at Waynesfield Raceway Park to kick things off for the National Racing uh, Alliance and uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints. He had a great performance, battled into the top five, could have probably had a car worth winning that race, but just couldn't get a break with a caution flag. So the Melling Performance number 27 was nominated as a Home Pro Hammer of the Month as well. Be on the lookout on social media this week. We will have the two drivers going head-to-head, and whoever the fans say is the Home Pro Hammer of the Month, Rich France will get a $200 fuel card courtesy of Home Pro Roofing. And, of course, we'll get a featured segment with that driver next Monday night right here on Horsepower Happenings. Also, no secret, Rich, uh, sometimes things slip through the cracks, uh, especially when the person who's normally in charge of those things is missing. We did do a quiz last week for Did You Know. Now, we didn't call it Gary Did You Know because, of course, Gary's still recovering post-op and uh, doing really well. He posted on social media this week thanking everybody, uh, thanking his, his beautiful wife for all the work that she's been doing at home. But he didn't thank Horsepower Happenings because we didn't follow through completely with our job uh, in putting the graphic up. So be on the lookout for that. Um, We did get a couple of people who were listening to the podcast sent us a private message with their answers, Rich. We might be in trouble this week uh, with having to give away a Horsepower Happenings prize pack. Um, Yeah, you better start packaging something up and and, and find the the closest FedEx station is what I'm thinking. That's right, yeah. So uh, be on the lookout for Did You Know? We'll get that graphic posted this week so you can take a shot at the four questions, two of which come from yours truly, two from Rich France, and, um, yeah, one person has already swept the board. So we've already got one Horsepower Happenings care package that's going to have to be put together. So we'll see if anybody else can get that job done. Well, Rich, we talked earlier in the show about uh, one of the only dirt tracks to get a chance to race was Montpelier Motor Speedway. Well, the other racetrack in the region that I think was able to race was South Bend uh, down in South Bend, Indiana. They got their season opener in over the weekend. Outlaw Super Late Models, of course, were the top card on the docket, and uh, they put on a pretty darn good show. Now, people are going to say, oh, but did you see how many cars they had? I don't care about that. Did you see the video? of them coming to the line for the win. It was a very good race, and it came down to two guys that are pretty well-known in Outlaw Super Late Model Racing, Rich Bowl and his uh, famous yellow number 22, and Doug True in the 93, who we see up here all the time in the state of Michigan. Those two side-by-side for the final what felt like 10 laps, and it came right down to the end. One-tenth of a second, but really what it was was the difference between a right rear quarter panel and the left front nose piece of Doug True's car uh, is is how that thing ended. Rich Bull gets the win over Doug True, and just like what we happened with Mount Pleasant, uh, with Mount Pelier, rather, it's coincidence enough that it's our pleasure now to welcome in the Plymouth, Indiana driver who picked up the win over the weekend, Rich Bull. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, guys. Rich, uh, let's let's go back to this weekend, and, you know, I, I, we'll address it. Why not? It's the elephant in the room. Car count, not great. But the on-track product at South Bend was pretty good. Talk about your weekend. 40 laps was the distance, and uh, one heck of a battle between you and Doug True to, to kick off the season. Yeah, it, uh, you know, I wish the car count was a little bit higher, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad to six cars that did start the race put on a good show uh to be quite honest with you man my car was really really tight um of course you know my first early battles was with steve stacy uh, we had one restart i jumped to the outside of them got the jump and then 
we had a caution and he went to the outside and he got the jump back on me and then we had another caution and he he went to the high side so I went under him and I was able to take the lead then and my car was just so tight I was just cruising and I hate that we're only racing with seven cars or six cars and got in the lead early and just seemed like it took forever and I was wore out I was not gonna lie man I was like half throttle just wanting this race to get over had no clue who was behind me didn't have time to look up at the board because I was battling an ill handling car and when I watched the video yeah probably about another lap or two Doug True would have got around me which I thought to be honest with you Steve Stacy was still in second so (laughs) it was a it was a good race, man, and, you know, it's just uh, hats off to the guys that showed up and the South Bidmore Speedway for really putting on the show because the weather wasn't the greatest, but it turned out to be an awesome pretty night. You know, Rich, I watched that too, and, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, getting the run on the high side earlier in that feature event. It looked to me at the end, now you say your car was tight, but it looked like the bottom was better. I mean, I mean, Doug looked good up there but he just couldn't get enough off the corner. And that's where, and, and that's where it looked like you made a little bit of time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. I, I never got the chance to go back out there because like I said, I was, I was tight. So I was keeping it on the bottom of the track just in case if Steve or Doug was going to come to the outside, not going to lie. I probably wouldn't have battled him. I would have just probably let him go because I was one whoop up when that race was over. Now you talked about you with, wish you had you know there, there were more cars but if you have more cars you're probably going to deal with more lap traffic would you have wanted lap traffic in that situation you were in, in inside the last five laps not at all not that's at all I, I just I needed a clean track because I was so tight and the problem is is uh my chalk marks were not the chalk marks they were supposed to be and we ended up with like two and five eight rear stagger and we usually run anywhere from three and a half to three and three quarters dagger. So Woo. yeah, it was just not good. Now uh, tell, tell the, uh, t- tell the commoner fan what you're talking about there with the chalk mark and, and the stagger. So uh, the stagger obviously is a big part of what helps those race cars turn. And uh, you're talking about missing almost an inch and a half a stagger. It sounds like in the rear. Yeah. Yep. So basically I set my, I try to get my tires at like 87 on the right side and like an 85 and a half on the actually no not even that anymore uh, 84 and a half for the left side because i like to have three and a half and normally when, when we mount them you know we'll blow up some, we'll put some air in them to let them grow but these tires for some reason did not stretch now, this brown and now a lot of that uh, it's funny because i love when we get to talk about this rich france with uh with these race car drivers and they get technical because, you know, the people that say, oh, race car drivers just strap in and turn left. There's a real science behind this. And, and Rich Bull, I've seen this at the dirt tracks and at the pavement tracks. You blow these tires up, you set them in the sun, you do everything you can to get these tires to swell. Uh, do you think that you your, your, your inch or inch and a half of stagger missing was because of the cold and not getting an opportunity to really let those things swell up in the heat? Well, normally I don't have to put them out in the sun. I mean, I have in the past, but I just think that not going to knock a Hoosier tire, but I just think they messed up on their chalk marks. And okay. 
We're going to leave that one alone. <laughs> All right. So let's move on then. Um, I've got you. You mentioned being whooped by the end of this 40-lap race. I've got you down as um, in October you'll celebrate a 54th birthday. Is that right? Yes, sir. Man, you are you are racing and you are having a lot of fun. Tell me, and you've been in these Outlaw Super Late Model cars, it looks like, for a pretty good chunk of your career. Tell me what got you into these uh, so unique and so powerful race cars. Well, my dad and Uncle John raced for, you know, when I was just a kid. And so then I started racing. But how I got into Outlaw Late Models pretty much was um, I was running Sportsman's in South Bend, decided that they were going to drop the class. And I told my dad, I said, well, I guess you're not going to get to watch me race because South Bend's not running uh, sportsmen. I said, well, no, well, he's like, well, shit. Oh, sorry. I no, didn't mean to say you, that. you can say that. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> he was like, well, that's not good. I said, but I do know where there's an outlaw late model for sale. He says, oh yeah, this is like, I don't know, January, you know, my dad, when it's wintertime, my dad, he's like, uh, he hibernates and he don't say nothing. So about March <laughs> comes around, he says, so what are you doing? I said, well, I'm putting my sportsman together. We're going to run like M40 and I don't know, a couple other tracks. He says, so what about South Bend? I said, well, I don't have a, they don't have sportsmen. I don't have a late model. He said, well, what about that car you was telling me about? I said, oh, the car from Denny Nyrie. So he said, yeah. So we ended up buying an outlaw car from Denny Nyrie, and that's pretty much set the book. You know, we've been running outlaws since then pretty much. I mean, I've ran outlaws in the past on my own, just didn't really like it because of the expenses, and I drove for a few people and just never worked out. And So here I am driving for my dad now, and everything's great. Rich, we've had many outlaw drivers uh, on this program, and I want to get your opinion, uh, just because every year outlaws seem to be in the news for one reason or another, and it's been an up-and-down class. Uh, it's either uh, feast or famine, you can't get enough of them, or you're putting up a bunch of money and you get a bunch of them, and then once people figure out that they can't win the big check, they stop coming too. Um is this a sustainable class in the in the long term these days? Uh, it just seems like a lot of different tire rules at different racetracks, and and you and you really can't, there isn't anything real consistent across the board. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, to me it's a dying class. I mean, one track will get twenty cars, and another track will get seven. But yeah, I don't know. It's like you know, Plymouth Plymouth gets pretty decent late model count but I just I, I I don't know I don't really know how to answer that question um I know that the sportsman you know the template style cars you know there's it's really down but you know you go to like Wisconsin or something and and they got millions of them so it's it's, it's really hard to say to be honest with you Rich I, I gotta ask you this too uh you know with that in mind what keeps you in the outlaw is this just something that you've really you know, found a home in that you really enjoy? I mean, you mentioned, you know, you had some late model stock or, or, or late model or whatever you want to call them, uh, those template-bodied cars. You had some starts there that kind of, you know, kick things off for you. What keeps you from going back to a template car? Why are you still in the Outlaw? Uh, my dad. He, this is what he loves. He loves the Outlaw late models. 
we actually own two of them. And I just, be honest with you, I'd rather sell them both than just have a couple of nice street stocks. But this is this is what he likes, so this is what we do. Well, this win on Saturday, um, you know, again, albeit weather early in the season, not really sure where the rest of the cars were. Um, do you look at this as, and this was, you know, I raced in some races back in the day that there were, you know, it was me and four other guys, right? And, and I pick up the win, and it's like, you know what? A W is a W. We're going to be happy, and we're going to count this thing. Um, still fired up to get the job done on Saturday? Do you look at it that way, too? I mean, again, Doug True and Stacy and those guys, uh, you know, that you ran up against, great competitors, uh, right? So, I mean, anytime you can get the job done, I think is worth celebrating. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's one or two or seven or 20. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did beat um, – two of the best in the business this past weekend. And, you know, I'm, it was some good side-by-side racing. And, you know, I just, I felt that, you know, everybody was happy on the outcome. Uh, at least I hope they were. I mean, of course, if you didn't win, you weren't happy. But <laughs> I just think it was all good racing between me and Steve and uh, me and Doug. And, you know, I just, yeah, just, uh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, too bad Kevin Sauer wasn't in the mix. You know, he broke a rear end in the heat race, so he he couldn't be up there. But I think the six cars that did start to feature put on a pretty good show. You talk about your dad, and that's why you're racing the Outlaws. Um, I'm thinking this dad, and I mean you, um, you, you you get to have a little fun, right? You have somebody in your family that's now working their way into racing. Yeah, my daughter made her debut this uh, past Friday night and uh we practiced she hasn't really got a whole lot of practice but she gained almost three seconds from the first time she went out to the last time and then when it actually came to race time for the heat race she got really nervous and she just she didn't do too good and then uh so I had a little talk with her and come feature time she was in the B feature and she said, Dad, I want to start in my spot. I'm starting on the inside. Well, she ended up starting on the outside. And I said, do you want to stay there? I said, I have no problem with you going to tell. She said, no, Dad, I, I really need to do this. And I think she finished seventh out of 14 cars or something and passed a couple of cars. So she really got racy there for a little bit. And so I'm looking really forward to working with her some more and in this Hornet class and, you know, see what happens. I'm very proud of her. And. I think she's uh, going to be a racer. So you, you, you're really hoping that she wants to move up and maybe you can put your cars away and just take care of her and, and be involved in her career? Yeah, she can take over my seats in the future. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm ready to go camping and sit on a pontoon boat, to be honest with you. <laughs> is, is, that, is that the goal? I mean, do you, do you guys – have you guys had this conversation? I mean, it, it, we're also, you know, we're not talking about a daughter who is, you know, 10 or 12 years old, right? I mean, um, by today's standards, right, she's she's kind of late getting into the game. Um, but I don't think that's any different than maybe her dad, right? Well, no. I actually started when I was 16, but uh, we actually tried to uh, start her off when she was 13. It just didn't work out, and... You know, she, um, 
school was always her goal and she you know if she didn't get an a she was mad and <laughs> that's not a bad thing either right way. dad and uh you know she's going to college and she's uh working a almost a full-time job and she just told me into the last summer she said dad i really i want to race you know i was like all right well let me see what i can do for you i said i'm not just gonna go buy a car I, you know i wanted to make sure that you know the car she got was safe you know so i don't i don't have time to build a hornet those things are a pain in the butt to build <laughs> so i had to i had to find the right one and Austin Maynard had uh, had bought the car from Evan Verdine ran last year, and so we ended up with that car. And so it's, it's all good. Yeah, she's doing good. She's uh she's gonna race again this weekend at Plymouth Speedway, and we'll just see what happens. You know, you know, if she doesn't like it, it's no big deal. You know, but I think she loves it, and so she's probably gonna have a a career of it. I see, but. She also wants to be a doctor, so we'll see what, where that goes. Well, hey, you know, we talked Surgical tech, I mean. We, we talked just a couple of weeks ago to uh, Taylor Ferns, who's got a great uh, a great legal career lined up, and uh, she's been out back in the race car. So uh, these ladies are finding ways to be uh, really good in their profession and, and, yeah. and still have time to race. I want to I talk to the dad part in you, though. Um, do you gleam with pride when you see that blue number 22 going around the racetrack? Or are you full of nerves? I mean, how, how are you feeling once uh, you got a chance to really sit and watch her race? Actually, to be honest with you, man, uh, no, I had no nervousness in me last Friday night. I was uh, just cool and calm and just uh, watched her make her lap. So when she came in the pit, we could talk about, you know, what happened and she's, She's real, uh, she tells me what's going on and what she thinks and what she tried. And, you know, we, we worked on a few things and had a couple other guys that ran Hornets that um, kind of help her out a little bit because I don't know too much about them cars with, you know, because they're running on radio tires and stuff. So I didn't know what kind of tire pressures to run or anything like that. And no, it all worked out. She's going to be, um, she's going to be all right. Just needs a little bit more seat time. Rich, you talked about uh, the reason you're doing this is for your dad. Uh, what do you guys got on your schedule for the next few weeks? I'm assuming you guys don't want to drift too far from home. Well, this weekend, um, Friday night, we're going to be at the Kalamazoo Speedway with um, actually Corey Pressler in my blue outlaw car for the Intimidator 100. And then I will be at Plymouth along with my daughter. I'll be driving my yellow outlaw. And she'll be in the Hornet. We're going to park the street stock for at least one week so we can uh, get it back together and get it painted. Cause we have, we don't even have it painted yet. and So we want to get that done. And then um, I think the following week is back at South Bend. And I don't know, South Bend and Plymouth are kind of back and forth. But I've, I want to get over to Midville Speedway over in Ohio sooner or later. I really love that racetrack. So I got to check the schedules out. Tell me who this is the street stock for you. Say that again. Is the street stock for you? Is that is that another one that you're driving? Eh, well, somewhat. <laughs> I got my buddy from uh, Blue Island, Illinois, named Scotty Gardner. He's a uh, defending street stock champion at Grundy County Speedway. Him and I kind of teamed up last year. He ran a few shows for me, and um, then his schedule kind of 
conflict did with mine. And so he's back at it again this year, going to run a limited schedule with me again. And he wants to race for his dad at Grundy on Friday night for a championship again. So we'll see where, where our schedules come together and pretty much if he's not in it, I'm going to be in it. And then I thought about having uh, Eric Davis again, maybe a couple of shows, but nothing's on paper. You sound like you're transitioning into uh, ownership role. Uh, the, yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. I like uh, I like watching my race cars go around the track. Do you have a? And I think Rich kind of alluded to this earlier, but do you, do you have a? a mark in the sand or, or a date on the calendar as to when the helmet and driver suit, you know, go down the road and, and you just start signing checks. Uh, I, yeah, I've, uh, I've always thought about 40 years of it. I'm going into my 37th. So maybe three more years. I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. That's just, uh, you know, a fixture of it, you know, just making laps, you know, I want to be, if I can't win a race, I don't want to be in a race car no more. You you don't want the situation where the announcer says there's old rich bull. Remember when he used to contend for wins, uh, yeah, you still want to yeah, be, exactly. and, and we talked on the dirt side, we talked with, uh, with, uh, Kurt Curtis, uh, Curtis Roberts earlier this year, he's going into his final season up here on the dirt with the same attitude uh, that he wants to end while he's still competitive. Yeah. He, he doesn't I mean, want to be the I guy that's win, out there in the way. Yeah. As, as long as I can win, I'll keep racing. But when that day comes where, you know, I'm kind of in the way, no, it's time to give it up. Well, Rich, man. Uh, I, I want to quit on top, man. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. I think that's everybody's dream for sure. Rich, yeah. well, and too, right? If you have the opportunity to, to kind of go into ownership role and put cars together for other people and watch your daughter, you know, help her, it, it, it's got to make that, you know, again, I've never been in the position, I guess, Rich France, you have, uh, where you have to look at yourself and say, okay, we're done driving. Um, yeah. Does that make it any easier knowing that that time is coming, but knowing that, okay, if your daughter really gets into it or if you can put cars together for other guys, does that make it any easier? No, absolutely. You know, I mean, I got a couple of guys, you know, and, and with my daughter doing what she's doing now, that definitely helps the situation. You know, um, you know, my goal is to have her run Hornet at least two years and then maybe move her up to uh street stock. And, you know, as long as we're going to keep a late model or something, you know, I'm, yeah, I'll run, I'll run it till I can. But, you know, like I said, we got Corey Pressler now running for us and, you know, hey, as long as dad wants to keep going, we'll keep going. You know, I just might not be me behind the wheel, you know. So I haven't really sat down and talked to him. You know, do you want to see your cars out there or are you just doing it because this is what I love or, or what, you know. So we'll have to see what's going on. Rich, uh, we, we want to thank you for joining us this evening. But uh, all the drivers that join us, we give them a chance uh, to give a shout out to everybody whether they're on the side of that race car or not, that helps you get up and down the road. Oh, definitely. Uh, can't do this without R&B Car Company, Brand Roofing, Lowry's Fire and Restoration, DC Garage, 821 Car Wash, Tech Work Trailer Sales, my wife, 
definitely my dad. Um, my daughter. I know there's other sponsors. I just can't. Um, you know, everybody that's on the side of my cars, I, I totally greatly appreciate, man. And uh, uh, that place, Bar and Grill, you know, this just uh, R&J bodies. My buddy Jazz, man, it helps out tremendously. I can't do half the stuff without him. And my buddy Randy Taberski. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Just, you know, unless you're in front of the race car, you just can't think of half the stuff. <laughs> That's right. And I feel bad about that. But I do, hell, I'll do that in an interview with the car right in front of me, you know. Well, Rich, man, uh, I, I want to say again, congratulations on the win over the weekend. It, it was pretty cool, and uh, good luck the rest of the season, man. Good luck to you. Good luck to your daughter. Good luck to that street stock, you know, whoever ends up behind the wheel of that. Uh, sounds right. like you're shaping up for a pretty fun 2023. Yeah, we hope, man. You know, we, um, we're we just going to race to have fun, man, and then just, you know, feature wins. That's what we want. So right. we'll see what happens. Cool. Rich, man, appreciate you making time to join us tonight. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Have a good night. I want to say thanks to Rich Bowl for joining us, Rich. Uh, 53 years old, picking up an Outlaw Super Late Model win. And uh, I don't blame him for being a little exhausted at the end of 40 laps around South Bend, especially with a race car that wasn't handling properly. Well, you wouldn't know that. I mean, it, I thought it was, pre- you know, it was pretty cool. You go on YouTube and watch the race. I didn't know that by watching just because Doug True could not get up to him. He got right to his rear quarter, but every corner – that true got to him he would pull away coming off the corner so i thought he's just got the preferred line and maybe the top wasn't that great at that point in the race but uh you know like he said he said my car's junk i would have never <laughs> when you got doug true chasing you down you you usually don't win many races when your car is junk you know do you think uh and, and we should have asked him this if doug were to have been in front of him do you think that rich could have passed him with the race car that he had or did he have did he have the advantage on his side to be able to make the racetrack as wide as he needed it to? I think he would have told you Doug would have drove away from him. That's what I think he would have said. Just because, he, yeah, he 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 would he was he had the preferred line. If if he gives that up, now it doesn't matter. And and Doug True looked like he had a good car. It just looked like the outside wasn't the place to be at that point in the race. As they always say, catching him is one thing. Passing him is a whole different story. So congratulations to Rich Bull picking up the win at South Bend Speedway. Uh, Rich France, man, if if you watch the Weather Channel and the weather apps like uh, you and I probably do, if your listeners are watching, um, how's your how's your therapy sessions going for your seasonal depression? Because my goodness, it is a struggle right now to get races in, and it doesn't look great again for this weekend. But there are some shows on the schedule coming up that are pretty enticing. It doesn't look anywhere. It looks worse than last weekend, Zach. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look great, that's for sure. But we're going to try to be optimistic about it. And uh, first and foremost, I'll mention the Wing Sprint Car Show. Um, I-75 in Tennessee. This is a co-sanctioned event between the Great Lakes Super Sprints and the USCS Sprint Cars. Um, I do understand that they're going to be having a conversation on Wednesday about the, the likelihood of that event taking place due to the amount of travel that's expected between fans and drivers alike. Um, Friday and Saturday, it's supposed to be a co-sanctioned dual doubleheader event. So we'll see if that one's able to get off the ground, Rich, on Friday and Saturday. Speaking of Friday, you and I have tentative plans to be on the same property holding microphones, 
but for who? People will wonder. <laughs> well, I have to tease that. That's uh, right. Remember when we remember last week we said, hey, if if you got nothing to do, jump on our horsepower happenings uh, website, horsepowerhappenings.com, and just start clicking around. That's right. And there might be something on there that might say that's where they're at tonight. That's right. And that's where I can hear them. That's right. Uh, so just start clicking around and find out. But yeah, uh, opening night, right? Opening night at Birch Run. Friday night Thunder Series modifieds uh, kicking things off. There, that should be fun, and we'll also have uh, our partners in crime, Big Ed in Big Ed in Lowe's and uh, Chuck Darling there with the call on the house as well. So. And I think that I've reeled, uh, I think I've reeled Chris Phoebe into uh, making a stop after work. Uh, I think he's going to stop by and see what we got going on there Friday night as well. So we got almost the whole gang there. We were supposed to have Chris. At I-96, weren't we, on Friday? Uh, He was going to be there, too. So, (laughs) yeah, Uh, we'll see what happens. Also on the We'll See What Happens uh, calendar, ASA CRA Super Series, powered by Jags, is uh, set to make their debut on Saturday at Anderson Speedway for the O'Reilly, for the O'Reilly, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts 125. Uh, Again, first race for Champion Racing Association under the ASA banner. Anderson always puts on such a good show. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, I guess second, second right? Second race, but first points race. That's right. Thank you very much uh, for that clarification. So the first race of the points season under the ASA banner for the uh, Champion Racing Association Super Late Models. And this comes off of a really good late model sportsman show there uh, two weekends ago when uh, when we got another first-time winner in, in, uh, in Caleb in the 38 machine. So... I'm excited. I hope they can get this one in, um, and uh, I hope that we get some really good cars up there at Anderson because it's going to be a good show. I think you may see some good cars because this would be a perfect test session for maybe a big race that may be just coming up here in just a couple of months. That's right. This is the only, only Super Series tune-up event before the Red Bud 400. So um, if guys want to – which, by the way, is sanctioned by the ASA Stars Tour. So if guys want an opportunity to get race cars ready for that big – big money race for the ASA Stars Tour. This is their only opportunity to do it because Super Late Models won't be back on the schedule until the Red Butt 400. So, there you go. Alright, that's going to do it for our program tonight. Thanks so much for, uh, to uh, Dylan Newsbaum for joining us. Of course, Rich Bowl on the program. For Rich France, Scott Menlin pays the bills. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week where we crown a home pro hammer of the month for the month of April along with another special guest right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.